Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy, event with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say on every episode, we got Sam Varga coming on. He's doing some great things in the music world. Um, he's based in Nashville now, but he's from Louisville, Kentucky. So we're excited because, you know, as you know, that she's a yes. Kentucky um, girl. So I it's am. pretty cool mm -hmm. to have someone on right from Kentucky too. So again, welcome to the show. Yes, welcome. How's it going, y'all? Going, going good. good. And yourself? I'm doing great. Thank you all so much for having me. I'm real excited. It's our pleasure to bring yeah. you on. So as we were talking before, um, how has COVID affected you? And what have you done to kind of maneuver through this crazy new maze we have? Man, you know, that, that that's, the, that's the whole question, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, to be completely honest with you, I, I, was, I was dead in the water. Uh, and you know, there's, there's no, there's no way around it. Um, I, uh, the, the timeline did not match up for Sam Varga's music career there for a second. Uh, I released a, um, I released an album, uh, an EP called light me up and it dropped the Friday of those really bad Nashville tornadoes. Um, uh, wow. so that was interesting. Everything mm -hmm. kind of stopped there. Wow. And, and we had, and you know, but that, you know, that was also a, a, a really beautiful time for Nashville as well, because I, I was living in East Nashville where so much of this happened and you got to see the community come together. Um, so always a silver lining, but definitely right. album didn't do much, uh, you know, during that week. And then uh, we had the release show, which was planned about a week and a half after. And it just mm -hmm. happened that that show hit on the night before quarantine went into effect. Oh, so, wow. So, you know, you know, what do you do? Uh, you know, that, that was a year long project. Um, and I miraculously saw some really great numbers from it. So the single was doing well. Uh, the EP was doing pretty well, but you know, all the support shows that we had, you know, obviously, mm -hmm. One by one, this got canceled. This got canceled. This got canceled. Uh, so there was a there was a down period. You know, I was sitting at home, uh, reading a lot of books, watching a lot of documentaries, probably <laughs> probably cracking open a couple too many cold ones around noon. You know, because like, <laughs> um, and then I, and then and then I just got ready. You know, it was like, listen, this isn't going away for a while. Uh, and if this is the world we're living in, I'm, I'm going to get back to work. And yep. so mm -hmm. I decided that uh, I was going to bleed the EP a little bit more. We did some music videos. And then I went back into the studio and uh, just started started getting singles in the back pocket. And if I'm not torn, then I can still release music. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, that, that, that felt really good. That, that was a lesson in, you know, you know DIY, do it yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't wait mm -hmm. for people. Uh, get in there and had some great, great sessions, great, great songs got written. And now coming out of that, having done so much on my own, I'm not waiting for anybody anymore. And, you know, and then ironically, this is where all, all the things start happening. And because of all the work I did in quarantine here, mm -hmm. we uh, you know, got some more press on the song. We were on taste of country, which was a blast. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, so here we are. So, you know, uh, thank you, quarantine, but I'm very ready for you to be, you know, 
we're all you know, kind of open up again. Which yeah, is- talk about the silver lining. That's like for us, you know, um, we launched this show January of 2020. So mm-hmm. a couple months before quarantine happened. Yeah. And, you know, and here it is. Our original plan was to do 100 interviews our first year. We thought, you know, hey, if we could just do that. Yeah. It, it, that would be, you know, and we thought that was pushing it. We were like, that would be a lot. Yeah. And yeah. so that was the plan. 100 mm-hmm. interviews. Then COVID happened. And I'm sitting there watching the entertainment industry get shut down. I'm sitting there thinking, ooh, this could be a silver lining for our show because people who normally wouldn't come on a brand new show might be willing to come on a show because everything getting shut down. So I started reaching out to everybody. And because of that, we did over 300 interviews last year. And we even had people like Sarah Evans, Randy Travis, um, Lee Lee Bryce. Cassidy Pope. Uh, Cassidy Pope and some of the other yes. ones like that come on the mm-hmm. show. And, and I mean, we recently we even had, because we do actors and artists now, because it was, was started just music, but now yes. it's kind of entertainment in general. But we even recently had um, one of the big, biggest villains of soap opera history come on, a girl, that, an, that, an actress that played Sheila Carter on Young and Restless. There you go. Okay. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so all of a sudden... We, this craziness of COVID became a blessing for our show. And, but we're like you, now it's time to get back to normal though. We, our mm-hmm. show's foundation is built. Let's move forward. Yes. And, and then, you know, what a great foundation to have as well, because, you know, now because of COVID, you all have this momentum that you all can just keep on riding off of. And I think that the music industry saw the same thing where it was like, you know, well, we always have to get people into the same room I was listening to an interview the other day and they're just like, that's never going to go back to normal. And it's almost okay. It's like, <laughs> there's, there's no limits now. We've gotten so used Bye. to making the zoom and the cross country stuff work now. Like it's going to be combined. You know, yeah. I, I predict con- that the new phase of concerts and, and I, and I actually seen somebody recently do this, but I've been predicting that now you're going to have your face to face concerts and you're right. going to live stream where people can pay five bucks to be part of it from your online world. So now you, now the artist is going to make money from the local show, but also right. around the world because people, yes. their fans will want to be a part of that. And I just saw on Facebook that Kristen Bush was saying, hey, we're going to be in so-and-so live. And you know what? If you can't make it, 20 bucks for tickets, you can still participate. So I'm like, yep, there's the future. Mm-hmm. There it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, well, and you know, that, that's pretty cool, you know, that the technology yeah, has always been there. That's a good thing. It can but be used now. The pandemic's kind of opened the people's ideas. Oh, we can combine because, you know, you've always loved the local shows, but people who can't get there sometimes can get frustrated because when are you coming to my city? Well, what if you don't? Well, guess yeah. what? You <laughs> can go. still be a part of it, even if you're not there. And people have done some really creative live streams. You know, I, I really thought that what, uh, just, just to point out a couple artists, uh, two of my favorites, Jason Isbell and uh, Rustin Kelly, both did some really, really cool live streams. And we're able to make it, you know, an event. It's not just, hey, here's a, um, yeah. here's a one-shot uh, thing where we're watching an artist play through songs. It's really interactive. And I know uh, my girlfriend, Kaylee, Kaylee Shore, uh, did this huge event at uh, TPAC, uh, Tennessee Performing Arts down downtown Nashville. And mm-hmm. uh, so this ginormous stage and they dropped this screen 
in front of you and they had uh, people from across the country being able to ask questions. So uh, necessity is the engine of innovation. (laughs) And we all of a sudden see cool stuff. Like you said, the technology was always there. But, you know, maybe we didn't pay enough attention to it. So, yeah. Another cool thing, you know, talking about artists, you know, we just booked for May 4th, um, Taylor Dane. Um, You know, and she's I I think she's she still does a lot of stuff. But as you know, back in the, you know, not early 90s, late 80s, she was the it girl. (laughs) I mean, she was huge. And we just booked her for the show for May 4th. We're definitely excited. I'll be tuning that, in for that one. That sounds fun. <laughs> That'll be interesting. Yeah, you know? well, and, it, story. And, and it's funny. We're just two people that just had this crazy yeah. idea and we're sitting at home talking to all these different artists, um, people like you and other people. And we're just like, we get to do this. And yeah, it's just, we're blessed to get to do it. I feel the same way. You know, I'm, I, I don't know how the stars align that I got to, uh, you know, are this long, uh, you know, and, but I'm very. Did I lose you? We're good to go. Still here? We're good for a second. For a second you we did. can hear you now. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? Oh man. Uh, let's see. Uh, I really, I, I like, I like reading. I'm trying to get better at it. Uh, trying to get my mind to slow down a little bit for it. Uh, I, I love being outside. Um, I love shooting. People don't people don't know that a lot, but uh, you know, I'm, I've always been a good shot. I was on a uh, Kentucky State rifle team whenever I was oh, in wow. school. Um, so I really love doing that. And then, you know, I, does, I hope it doesn't sound like a cop out, but you know, the music is still you know is still just so fun. It's so fun to me. You know, I love, I love learning about music. I love the history of it. And, you know, I'm, I'm a gearhead so hard. Like I, I, I want all the guitars. I, I can't get enough. <laughs> I, I need cars. Like I need food. So, uh, so I'd say that. And then, um, you know, anything, anything that gets me outside doing something exciting. Uh, yeah. I love, I love going fast. So you know, if I can get into you know uh, a go kart or uh, you know go get on a wave runner or four wheelers. That's that's always a blast. Um, uh, I've been skydiving once. Hope to do it more. Uh, I'm just that that gets expensive. So kind of mm-hmm. an adrenaline junkie. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, also it's you know it's also very 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 lucky to be able to do what you love for a job. Um, other than that, I, this, I hope it doesn't make me sound, you know, too, too bad, but, uh, I really love, uh, bourbon. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't know if I would call drinking a hobby, but I'm a bourbon snob whiskey snob <laughs> through and through. If you wow. want to mm-hmm. get chatty, let's, let's just start talking about bourbon. Cause I'll be able to go on. For <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people would ask, when did you know you wanted to do music? But mm-hmm. I always like to go deeper than that. When did it click that this could actually be a career? Oh, I don't know if it has. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you're just having too much fun. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm surprised that I'm still going, uh, you know, I've been going this long. I think, um, I think any single time that, uh, I, I, 
I don't know if a lot of musicians think about it. Uh, you know, this is something that we, at least for me, that I, that, that we, like, like you all said, this is something that I get to do. Um, and whenever you get that paycheck, you know, at the end of a show or you go into your, uh, you know, your little royalty thing on, you know, whatever your, uh, distributor is and you get to cash out whatever Mm -hmm. your dollars you have in there, you're like, I'm doing the thing. This is going to work. I'm doing it. Um, but you know, that's still, that's still a fight for a lot of people, especially now in maybe the quarantine where you're in COVID, where you're not getting to play as many shows. Luckily that's lifting, but we all, we all got day jobs until, until we don't. So I've been bartending. Uh, and right now I got this, uh, uh, crazy gig with a friend where we go around and uh, put up birthday signs. Oh, <laughs> for kids and stuff. Um, so yeah. When did I know that it uh, was going to be a career? I don't know if I ever thought of it that way. To me, it was just kind of that or nothing. That's what you do. I hope the money comes. So <laughs> I guess that's kind of what we, you know, now, yeah. granted when we launched the show from day one, the goal was to be a, a new career here. Yeah. Um, you know, not made no money yet, but we're getting there. We're building that brand. We have our <laughs> side gig yeah. in the evening. Yeah, you know, we, we do, do like side stuff delivery to stay afloat things, yeah. while we do all this and mm-hmm. trying to build this crazy brand. And a lot of people never understand because we get where y'all are coming from because, our, you know, a lot of people don't understand the artists. And I should say the creative mind, not just artists, but the people who have the creative mind. Um, the average person don't understand that because again, mm-hmm. you have to create or you're miserable. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's definitely the barometer. You definitely, you know, whenever everything, whenever I started getting really bummed out or a little bit depressed, I just says like, when was the last time you wrote a song? Uh, <laughs> yes. Like, oh, it's been a bit. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> that's like, I remember, um, this was probably six, seven months ago. Um, I went through about three or four days where I was like yeah. miserable and Sandy was like, go book somebody. Uh, yeah, we were on a little dry spell. <laughs> we had, we went about four yeah. or five days without interviewing. Um, mm-hmm. Now we go every day pretty much interviewing. Pretty much, but yeah. We had, right. had a small dry spell about six, seven mm-hmm. months ago. And she, yeah. was, she was just like, just go book somebody. Like, call Sandy. That, uh, that, yep. That definitely nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a lot of people see the glory of like a Blake Shelton, of a Miranda, mm-hmm. of a Carrie, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes, not just to get to their level, but even a career level within mm-hmm. music. And I always want to talk about that because I think that most people kind of sugarcoat this side of music and entertainment because yes. they see the glory. And people think, oh, it's easy and this and that. But I want to talk about the sacrifice side a little bit. Um, And I'm going to tell a quick story that kind of helped guide where I want this to go. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele with two Steele girls. And at that time, they were full time with music. I remember asking Allison what advice she'd given up and coming artists. I'll never forget what she said. She said, this may sound funny coming from someone full time. But if you can see yourself doing something else. Go do that and just keep this as a hobby. She goes, because the moment you want it to be a career, your life has to change. You no longer own your own life. Everybody around you owns a piece of you. Your friends and relatives never understand because they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to weekends, to holidays. But when you're in that grind mode, you're, you know, you have to be all in. You, you know, you have to say no to so much stuff. 
then your family has to sacrifice. You know, they have to give you up to the world um, and be willing to share mm -hmm. you with the world. But then she added, but if you but. cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go all in. That's yeah. the only way that those kind of sacrifices could be worth it. What do you think of what she said? Let's talk about that. Sorry, sorry to be jostling around. I just realized that I didn't have a charger in, so I'm plugging in a charger. I, uh, we understand. I know that feeling. Like I've done that many times. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, like the laptop's about to shut off. I'll tell you, that's, that, that's, that's a question that's very near <clears throat> to my heart. Um, those lights aren't too much, are they? Those are good. No, no, no they're fine. Um, my, uh, my cousin, is, his name's Austin, Austin Allenbaugh, and he's a, uh, he's a race car driver. And um, he's, he's had to sacrifice a whole lot, you know, but that's what he wanted to do. And what he was going mm -hmm. to do, uh, anything else was going to facilitate that. And, uh, you know, every, he has a, he's an iron worker, and that's how he, uh, you know, provides for his family and pays for racing. But we kind of had the same mantra um, for a long time, and I always remember what he said because he got advice from – a, uh, a senior race car driver uh, named Dan Lasowski, who's very, very big in dirt racing. Said, mm -hmm. If you want to do this, if you want to make it, quit your day job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. And that's because, you know, a, a plan B only takes away from the plan A. Yeah. It does. So, you know, if, you're, if you're toting this line where, oh, I need money. Or, oh, I need, I need to make it to the family vacation. Oh, I need to do this. You're never quite doing it, are you? Right. <laughs> something changes where I'm a musician and I'm going to be in a bad spot here if I don't make money in a little bit. And, uh, oh man, the songs you write then, <laughs> uh, you know, you you know, that's when you, that's when you run out on the sidewalk with a guitar case open. That's when you go get the cover gigs. And that's when, that's when you kind of align yourself, uh, with the path. That's where you commit fully. You know, that's where, you know, you're making your imprint on the universe versus vice versa. Mm -hmm. I, I, I agree. I agree with uh, what um, Steele said for sure. You know, uh, if you can do something else, <laughs> go do it. And uh, because the entertainment industry, you know, people don't realize how yeah, tough, it's tough it really is. And I know that artists don't like to see other artists as competition, no. but in reality, everybody that sings to a degree is trying to get the same eyeballs out there on them. Especially and with email and, as well. Yeah. Yep. And with yeah. the internet and all that, it makes it that much more difficult because there's so many people on the internet, so many people doing the same. I mean, mm -hmm. just like with what we do with our show, every time I see a big artist starting their own podcast, doing what right. we do, I'm sitting there like, oh, so now we compete with them too. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. It's <laughs> crazy. You know, but, but you know what? We love to do this. We do. And, and it's and it's all love. It's nothing but love. You know, we're we're, we're lucky to get to do what we what what we do. Um, and I know mm -hmm. uh, from being with a with a uh, you know a female country artist, you know, it's it's a lot different. You know, we don't live in a perfect world, and the country music industry, the uh, the music industry at large, you know, there there's not the same opportunities for female artists yet. Yeah, uh, we're closer, we're getting closer, and that's amazing. Yeah. But yeah, if you look at our list. Of people we've interviewed, it's probably sixty-five percent women. Good, that, 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 that's fantastic. But you know, I, I've, I've seen a level of competitiveness come out of the uh, 
you know, come out of that. It's like, there's not as many spots. Not yeah, as equal. Right, so if it. you can do something else, get out of my way because I'm here to do this. You know what I mean? So yeah. and there's not a yeah. wrong little friendly competition. It just makes it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit about um, your most recent song. Yes. Oh man. That's a, uh, that's a special one. That was one that kind of, um, I have completely separate from all the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, now, whenever you're doing this, uh, at least, you know, especially for myself, I'm trying, you know, trying to find, find the sound, figure out what's, what's uniquely Sam Varga. This song, this song was just something that I wrote because I needed to wrote because I wanted to, and I'm putting out, I, I put out because I wanted to. And it's, it's interesting to kind of, you know, I thought that was going to put more pressure on the single. Yeah. But it actually yeah. alleviated a lot. Because it was oh, like, wow. this is, this song is for me. Mm-hmm. And if you find what I found in it, then fantastic. Uh, this was a very, a very special song I wrote about my grandfather. He was in uh, kind of at the end of his battle with cancer. And we all uh, saw, saw the moment coming. So this was me. You know, me just talking to him. This is this is me saying all the things to him that I couldn't say to him across the table. You know, right. you don't you don't you don't want to talk about you know that type of stuff or when you still have him here. You don't want to make them uncomfortable or anything like that. So this was I was in a room with uh, an amazing writer named Sabrina Lentini, who's out in Los Angeles, and um, very quickly kind of just all dawned on me. He's like, ah, nope, we're only writing one thing today. And, uh, yeah, that was just, that was, that was an easy song to write. You know, that was just what was going through my head that day. That was just what I was thinking and, uh, had a lot of support there in that room uh, with Sabrina and we got something really, really special. Oh, wow. And, uh, and I didn't show anybody that song for, for uh-huh. a while because I thought it was, I thought it was inappropriate. Um, oh, wow. I, I didn't want to be putting that out prematurely or showing everybody that I was thinking about this stuff while my grandfather was still yeah. with us. Right. Um, but, but then, you know, I'm so glad I was able to honor him that way, you know, and just kind of take a snapshot. And it's kind of an auspicious day uh, because between, between you and uh, you and I and everyone else watching, I was a blubbery mess about uh, 20 minutes ago because I'm actually uh, here at home in Louisville, and I got my grandma Pearl with us, who's um, uh, my grandpa's uh, widow. Uh, and I would say, say goodbye to her at lunch, and she put something in my hand, and it was this. And this is my uh, this is my grandfather's uh, two year AA token. Oh, oh wow! wow. Oh, and, uh, oh man! And I went through 19 years of addiction, been sober for 13 mm-hmm. myself. Congratulations, yeah. sir. So, 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 so you all know that this, this, this was a, this is a big thing, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it even got to be, you know, a little bit of a lighthearted thing because Grandpa was so, so involved in AA. But no, um, his buddies, he went to every meeting, and he'd find a meeting if he was in a different city, and he just go talk. He, 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 he wanted to, he wanted to be with those people. He wanted mm-hmm. to help those people. He became a sponsor. Mm-hmm. He was extremely, extremely involved. It was a part of his salvation. And so, oh man, she 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 put she put this in my hand, and I I was a blubbery mess. <laughs> wow! Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Love that. Love definitely yes. love that. So speaking of being a mess a little bit, tell us a one of your favorite fan stories where a fan did went above and beyond and did something and it touched you. Oh wow. Um I got invited to a fan's wedding and I oh, thought wow. that was that that was, you know, the, the, the coolest thing. Um, you know, any single time you know, isn't that just the best part of this is getting to meet the people? I mean, that's what my grandpa would say. Yeah. It's all about the people. Uh, it all comes down to money, but it's all about the people. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the fans are the best part of this. You know, get a balance. You got to make the money to make it work, but you can't yeah. make it work without the people. It takes Absolutely. both. Yeah. Um, I would say, uh, I would say, the, I'd say the wedding piece that that was really great. Um, and, but I had something happen to me, uh, kind of retroactively. This was in the past. I was in a band called Scarlet Smile, which was like an emo punk band in high school. Huh. And I was in college and I wasn't doing music at the time. And I was really, really messed up because I wasn't doing music. I wasn't doing what I was supposed to. I was getting in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was just kind of going back through Facebook pages and reliving all these old memories. And I found an inbox. I found all these unread emails and there's oh, wow. fans in there. And there was a, uh, there's a message from a fan of my old high school band that said, um, Hey, my friend's going through a tough time and, uh, your all's album saved her life and yeah. kept her alive. You know, uh, and I'd, I'd love to be able to give that to her again, but I can't find it anywhere online. And so we sent her, we sent her the album and to, oh, she was, she was overjoyed. So to know that yeah. you're, to know that you're in uh, that way and to know that you're living a life that makes people present their best self to you whenever you meet them. Mm-hmm. Wow. How cool is that? Love, That's love amazing. that. Now, as you know, a lot of people, they see you as the artist, but they don't see the teams behind you. And in our opinion, the teams never get the love that they no, deserve. No, they don't. But on our show, they get love. and Because we always want to make sure that we recognize everybody that's mm-hmm. made all this possible. So if you want to take a few moments just to tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. Oh, great. Um, first, fr- first team's the family. Mom, dad, uh, all my great sisters. Um, I'm the only uh, only son, only brother. So I got three sisters. Um, nothing without those people. So that's the first team, right? Is the is the mm-hmm. home team. Um, and then I'd say, uh, you know, the the writers, the people I get to create with, those are some yeah. of the best. Um, uh, my, my girlfriend Kaylee uh, is an amazing writer, amazing, amazing rock. Um, we lean on each other a good bit through this crazy journey. She's pretty awesome. Jeez, yeah. some man, and then uh, I'm writing with a great young girl uh, named Mia Mantia, who's about to take over the world, and oh, wow. I'm so delighted to do that. Um, and then for me personally, um, I have a uh, there's a my pedal steel player Matt Clever never gets enough uh, attention, uh, but he is the secret sauce. He is this, you know, this beautiful sonic tether between all the songs. He's the reason that I can be country and punk and, you know, rock all at the same time. I think Matt oh, wow. put that together so well. 
Um, and then uh, also got uh, you know great a uh, great uh, publicist Maureen O'Connor, who's a legend. Yeah. I'm working yeah. with uh, the One One Seven Group in Nashville, uh, mm-hmm. Barnum, and God, are they great? Uh, you know that the Taste of Country thing was was amazing. I don't know if that would happen without them. Uh, so it, it, it takes a village and then I'm also, you know, all the producers, mm-hmm. um, you know, a guy named Will Stone has been a huge part of my sound, uh, big on my writing and, uh, I'm in the studio right now with a amazing producer named Dan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the, those are, those are my unsung heroes. And then, you know, also, uh, I probably want we did put a request in and we, I think sent a date for Kaylee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll be photobombing in the background. <laughs> yeah. You know, speaking of teams, um, mm-hmm. we have a third co-host that we always bring on. Yes, we our do. Nine-year-old little son. Sandy's going to go get him. Yes, I'll get him. And we've got a two-year-old daughter that when she gets older, we'll be plugging her into the show too because we are a family affair show. <laughs> oh, very cool. <clears throat> and what's funny about it is I always, I've said it in almost every episode that we're a family affair show and it clicked one day. I was like, you know what? That could be a media company name. And so we created the name family affair media. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> and I was surprised. I was like, family affair was actually available. I was like, oh, uh, it's mine now. <laughs> How's it going, man? Hi, Sam. It's going good. So what's your favorite foods? One of my favorite foods, I'm a Mexican food guy. I dude, give, give me all of it. I want all the Mexican food in the world. Whenever you come to Nashville, you got to go to Baja Burrito. It'll blow mm. your mind. Yes. Mm. You love Mexican yes, food, don't you? I do. What's your favorite? Mine is pizza. Pizza? What's your favorite pizza? Uh, Pepperoni, sausage, and supreme. Yeah. And he just learned about Supreme because he he always loves pepperoni and sausage. We tried Supreme recently for the first time for him it. and he loves it. All right, so here's the big question. Does right. pineapple belong on pizza? Huh. What do you think? Think it sounds good? Yeah, I think it does. I agree. I'd say why not. Yeah. Okay, what's your favorite TV show? My favorite TV show. I'm watching a lot of Brooklyn Nine Nine right now. It is hilarious. Really? Mine is SpongeBob. Dude, I watch so much SpongeBob. SpongeBob's gonna be a a classic. It already is. (laughs) Yes, it is. There's gonna be new episodes. Yeah, there's gonna be new episodes next Friday. (laughs) There we go. Love that. And you know what's yeah. been pretty cool is because he watches a lot of the Nickelodeon shows. So we've been able to bring on a lot of actors from his shows onto our show. Oh, that's a blast. That's great. <laughs> so yes. he's been able to ask him a few questions like this. So, so that's, that, that's been pretty I was like, Why wouldn't I surround when I was little, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yes. Bye, James. <laughs> that's me, dude. That's me, too. <laughs> yeah, he lo- he's been in almost every episode, not quite every episode, but he's been in most of them. Very cool. Yeah. And we're at close to 400 now, so I don't know. Congratulations. Because we've got, you know, we've done um, episodes of different places, and so we've got so many in other places, so I don't know the exact number, but we're close to 400. Yeah, it's got to be close to 400. Well done, y'all. That's fantastic. <clears throat> 
So if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? Luke Dick. Oh, wow. Uh, I think he is just the the sauce. Uh, mm-hmm. That guy goes to the beat of his own drum. And because of that, everyone wants a Luke Dick song. You know, and everyone, my, my buddy lives across from him. And we'll watch tour bus after tour bus pull up just, mm-hmm. you know, super big names come through and they, they all want what he's got. And I think, um, I think he's so original. I think he's a wordsmith. I think he's a genius. He's so colorful. Um, I, and I think he could do anything. I, mm-hmm. uh, I think he's great. Um, so I would say him. Or, uh, it's not a question I ask myself too much. I'd love to do something with Rustin Kelly. Uh, I think he, him and I are both from the, the emo punk scene. Uh, and we both wound up in Nashville. <laughs> I, I would love to see what, uh, you know, me and him could get into both probably show up in, you know, skinny jeans and, you know, heavy metal t-shirts, <laughs> get a pedal steel in there. Mm. Write some mm-hmm. sad songs. That'd be a blast. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Um, so this question will probably have a thousand answers, but just okay. think of the first one that kind of comes to mind. What is a song that you've heard that you wish you wrote? Oh wow, I think about that all the time. Uh, <laughs> I would say, um, I wish that uh, well, "Polyester" by Luke Dick I think is one of the uh, best songs of 2020. That was amazing. Um, there is a song by uh, one of my friends whose name is Lauren Weintraub, and she's about to be uh, something huge. And she has a song called uh, "Years on You." Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that one. The hook is, "I want to put some years on you." Um, and then, other than that, I have to say, um, oh, there's just there's just so many. Um, no, no. That's why I said there's a thousand answers. Oh, one. yes, so many <laughs> songs. Uh, Need you now. I I take that paycheck. Oh. One of the biggest songs. Oh, I've ever I'll, 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 I want some royalties from that. I wish I would have written you Need you now. Yeah. You know, yes. one of my favorite stories of all time. It's the story where the guy was up on stage um, singing, I don't know if it was Bluebird, or but one of the songwriting um, yeah. bars in Nashville. And he's actually from Tybee Island, so close to where we live. Yes. But he was on stage, and he sung a song, and this unknown guy comes in. You'll probably know the story in a minute. Okay. And, and tells him that I'm in Nashville to get signed, and when I get signed, I want to cut that song. And it happened to be Garth Brooks, and the song was The Dance. No. That, Can you imagine that? Someone yeah. no-name comes to you and says, I want to cut that song, and then beca- and he becomes Garth Brooks. That's, that, that's the dream. Right? And from yeah. what I understand, that guy wrote most of Garth's songs. Yeah, he wrote yeah. a lot. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but I, love, I always love that story because it just shows, you know, that one moment. Yeah, can change everything. Can you hope so? I I uh, I think you. uh, I used to talk to people about this all the time, and I don't I don't believe there's anything 
there's there's such thing as uh, overnight success. Yeah, right. I don't care how many stories I hear. I don't. Those are little moments that lead to that big mm-hmm. one. Absolutely, I think you're. Uh, I think you're. You're building the chips. You build the chips. You build the chips. You build the chips so that they can fall at the right, the right moment. You know, uh, mm-hmm. nothing happens without the work. You know, yeah, I like the story where um, you're on a hill and you got this big boulder, big one, and you're pushing it up the hill. Yeah. You can't see the top of the hill because the boulder is too big. Yes. So you're pushing and you're pushing and you're pushing, but but you don't know how far that hill is. You don't know where the top is. And if you try to look around the boulder or you look or you or you try to look back, okay. you're going to lose momentum of you pushing forward. And as you know, if you, if the boulder starts coming back down, you don't lost all momentum and you're going backwards. Oh, yeah. So you have to just keep pushing and keep pushing. And then and then that moment comes where after all that work of pushing to where that boulder gets over the top of that hill. And now you better ride that wave to the next hill. That is, uh, that's literally what I say to, uh, say to people when they ask me how I'm doing, hey, we're doing it. Like, I'm pushing the boulder. That's what I say. Cause I wouldn't feel like that. Yes, it does. Pushing <clears throat> boulders, pushing boulders. And then all of a sudden you're riding one. So you don't know when that might, I mean, again, the breakthrough is going to happen. It happens for everybody that doesn't quit. It's going to happen. Yeah, it could be and, now. And like you said, years from now, you have to keep going. If you if you back away from that, then it, that breakthrough won't happen. So you have to do the little little moments and little little moments and little little moments, and then one day that one thing hits. Like with Luke Combs. I mean, I love where with Luke Combs. Uh, I guess a year ago, I think he tweeted out thanking all the label execs. That told him those six songs that went number one would never make it. <laughs> and, and they all went number one. Yeah. So we were, we were talking the other day and it was like, listen, man, you know, cause I had some friends who were in a bad deal uh, and they're just like, Oh man, listen, bad deals happen every day. And I was like, mm-hmm. I like one of those. I think I'm ready for one of those. Bad deals. <laughs> I guess sometimes a bad deal can be better than no deal, right? Absolutely. <laughs> At least it gets you. You know, you know. There's so many. I've seen so many people complain about the bad deal, but the bad deal got them to where they are now. So in a way, it was still a blessing because without the bad deal, they wouldn't be on top of the world now, making their own choices. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, almost every big artist, their very first label sign was probably a bad deal. <laughs> Oh, for yeah. sure. <laughs> but now they get to write their own paycheck. Yes. I'm look, looking, looking forward to that day. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we interviewed Kelsey Ballerini six years ago. And one of the questions I asked her is where she want to be in five years. And I always like to tell this story before I ask the guests that same question, because the answer she gave us six years ago um, was almost to the T of what she's living now. I mean, she knew where she was going and nothing was going to stop her. There wasn't no such thing as as women can't make it in country for her. She was right. going. <laughs> you yeah. know? And right. I remember that. So knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? Playing a sold out show at the Ryman. Ryman Residency is what I'd like to do. Wow. Uh, wow. That, that, that's, that, that's my chapel. And I'd like to, uh, I'd like to have played a, uh, a really grinding punk mosh pit venue <laughs> the night before. I want to, I want to go have a, uh, you know, a private impromptu 
no tickets, first come, first serve. And you'll dive in the crowd. 200 cap, grimy bar show. Go home, mm-hmm. take a shower, and play the Ryman the next day. Sold out. Wow. <laughs> Love, <laughs> Love that. So let's look 15 years down the road. Let's say that you're a success on a grand scale. Whatever that looks like for you, you're there. If the person you are today could meet him, your future successful self, what would you want to remind him? Never sell a guitar. Keep them all. Buy all the guitars you can. Um, I'll tell him to choose happiness. I would tell him to uh, stick with it. Um, have a plan. The plan can change, but always have a plan. Um, and I would tell him to uh, probably drink a little less. And when he does, drink the expensive stuff. <laughs> and um, I would tell him to uh, to call his grandma, tell him to call mom. Uh, I would tell him to book a trip with his dad and uh, definitely don't sell any guitars. Wow, love, <laughs> love that. that. Yeah. So how would you describe your music to someone who's never heard it before? A punk version of Jackson Brown. Oh, <laughs> love that. Jackson Brown, if he had sleeves, his hair was like this. Mm-hmm. He was on a skateboard listening to uh, emo screamo music. <laughs> <laughs> and what would you like your legacy to be as an artist? What would you like to be known for? I would like to be known for uh, the great lyrics that made people and music that made people happy to be where they were. Awesome. So as we come to a close here, um, let's say you had a friend of yours and you heard him or her sing and they've got something special. As Simon Cowell would say, they have that it factor. And let's say they've played 40 or 50 shows. So they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side, but they've gotten on stage and got every artist says that stage bug where they look over the crowd, and the crowd's roaring for them. They know they're in the right place and they come to you and they say, Sam, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to kind of help guide them the next couple of years? Do the work. Do the work. There's only two, there's only two people in the music industry, and that's people who are um, here to have fun or the people who are here to, to do something and get, and, and get it done. And so, by doing the work, you outlast everybody. You outlast everybody, and it's a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and you know, you know, speaking about lasting, I love the little. And you see, as you can tell, I like to tell stories. But but there's a little story of a got two guys in the woods, and a bear comes up, and one guy jumps down, tying his sho- putting his shoes on. The other guy's like, "You can't outrun that bear." The guy says, "I don't have to outrun the bear; I just have to outrun you." Yep. <laughs> and that's pretty much how I see the industry is, is you just have to outlast people. It's mm-hmm. nothing bad because ever there's going to be a lot of people who quit. As sad as that is, they're going to lose that passion. They're going to get frustrated. They're going to quit. And, and as they, and as they start falling out, you're two, three, four, five years in, all of a sudden your cream starts rising. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. It's like you said, people like the work ethic. And if you're putting in that work, they see that. And next thing you know, connections start happening. Absolutely. That's just time thing. Meet, meet the people. Shake the hands. 
<laughs> and kiss yeah. the babies. <laughs> so as we come to a close here, tell everybody how they can reach out to you. Uh, please follow me on everything. It's um, Sam Varga Music on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, Spotify. Get out there, listen to some music. Let me know. Uh, I'd lo- love to meet y'all, to talk to y'all. And um, yeah, Sam Varga Music. You know, you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today. We look forward to having you back. Anytime. Y'all just let me know. And let me know whenever y'all get to Nashville. Oh, we, oh, we will. will. We'll we're coming do. up soon, like I told yes, you. Yes, within the next month sometime, at least, hopefully a couple weeks. Yeah. Sounds good, y'all.